Hello. We are so excited that you've decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook and YouTube under Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street in Burgall, North Carolina. The zip code is 28425. If you'd like to give a donation, you can simply go to our website at mtdm.org and click on that donation button. God bless you. Lighten on tonight. And we thank you for our helper, our teacher, which is the Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Father God, being that we are born again, born from above. We have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives on the inside of us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I'm going to go over a little bit on... um, unforgiveness what we went over last week and this is something that God does not want us to have so we have to make sure that we are not harboring unforgiveness in our heart and how do we know that we do have unforgiveness in our heart because when someone come before you and your in your flesh begin to uh, act up act out and you can feel stuff coming up out of you the hate and resentment and um, all those other things and bitterness and anger when you feel all that still you know there's some unforgiveness somewhere so God want us to forgive I went over Mark eleven twenty three through 25 and I went into the Amplified Bible which says truly I tell you whoever says to this mountain be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does and does not doubt at all in his heart, but believes that what he says will take place, it will be done for him. For this reason, I'm telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that it is granted to you, and you will get it. Verse 25, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, And let it drop, leave it, let it go, in order that your Father who's in heaven may also forgive you your own failings and shortcomings and let them drop. So I went through verse 23 and 24 to get to verse 25. We're so quick to speak to these mountains or that mountain is a problem or, you know, something that you may have in your life and you speak in the word over that problem. You know, it may be your finances, it may be your body, it may be your marriage or whatever it may be. You speak in the word over it, but it just seems as if that mountain will not move. So the reason why sometimes that mountain does not move is because when we go into prayer, And we begin to ask God for something. There's a blocker that's in the way. That blocker keeps us from hearing God. That blocker um, keeps us from receiving what God has already provided for us. So this is why it says, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, and I just heard this in my ear. Some of you may not be standing praying you may be sitting down you may be laying flat on your face whichever way you choose to pray if you got something in your heart against anyone you got to deal with that 
Because if you don't deal with that, it will stop you from receiving what God has already provided. Even though it's there, you're not, you're not going to be able to receive it because you got unforgiveness in your heart. We went over Ephesians 4.32, which says, And become useful and helpful and kind to one another, tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, loving-hearted, forgiving one another readily and freely as God in Christ forgave you. So it's basically telling us um, that we have to forgive just as Christ has forgiven us. You can verify that in Colossians 3.13 and in Luke 6.33 through verse 37. And I went over Matthew 18:21 through 35 that talks about a debt that this man owed. And it started out first when Peter said, how many times do we forgive our brother or sister? That's in Matthew 18:21. Then Peter came up to him and said, Lord, how many times may my brother sin against me and I forgive him and let it go? As many as up to seven times. This is what Peter said. He said as many as up to seven times. Jesus answered him. Answered him. I tell you not up to seven times. But 70 times seven. Oh man. That's just over and over and over and over and over again. No matter how your brother or sister do you. You supposed to forgive them. And then Jesus began to give a parable. To give more understanding. About a man who owed some money. And this man was forgiven his debt. So the man that was forgiven the debt, someone owed him money. And he really wanted to strangle the man because the man owed him not as much as he owed the, the other man. Um, I'm paraphrasing it. So he wanted him um, to be locked up until he paid that debt. But then it was explained that he said, I forgave you. And you didn't forgive him. So he said, let him be tormented. Let him be tormented. And y'all know the end of that story, the parable. But what Jesus was saying here, if he forgave us our trespass. Now, don't get this mixed up with him forgiving our sins. Because no matter what you do or how you do it, he's already forgiven you for your past, present, and future sins. That's a done deal. That's not going to change. But what he's talking about is, is when we go into prayer and we're asking God, God, forgive me for running my mouth today. He said, how can you come to me and ask me for forgiveness of running your mouth today or going off on somebody today? And you're holding unforgiveness in your heart against someone else. So don't come to me with that for forgiveness if you have not forgiven your brother and sister. So that's what that means. And um, Matthew 5, 23 through 24 breaks it down a little bit more. Matthew 5, 23 through 24 says, Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there remember that thy brother have ought against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. So basically what he's saying, if you're coming to the altar and you're giving a gift to God or, you know, something to God and you got unforgiveness in your heart, you need to go reconcile with your brother before you come offering a prayer or whatever up to God. So that's dealing with unforgiveness. So we want to make sure that we have a forgiving heart just as he forgave us. We should forgive others. This is the key. 
If you're born again and you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, God has given you his kind of love. That means that the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart through the Holy Ghost, according to Romans, the 8th chapter. If God has shed his love in our heart, his love is there. But his love is being blocked because of unforgiveness. That's another thing we're going to talk about. His love will not be able to pour out of you because of an unforgiven heart. All of us in here have been hurt by someone or something. It could be our parents have hurt us could be our children, it could be our friends, our husband, our wives, or whoever it may be. We've been hurt. In order for that hurt to get mended, it has to take the word of God. If you're not going into the word of God to be mended from that past hurt that you're having, when someone else hurts you, they're going to um, get that past hurt as well where you've been hurt. hurt where they have hurt you. This is why you see so many people, you can ask them, well, how's your day? Why you ask me how my day was? I just asked, well, why, why, what, what's your reason? And you're wondering, what is wrong with this person? Why? I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, why, did somebody say something about me as usual? No, I'm just asking how your day, did you ask somebody else how their day was? No, I'm asking you. My day fine. Hateful. The reason why is because they got so much hurt. They got so much underlining hurt. And I'm going right back to marriage. Men and women of God. Do not go into a marriage with a lot of hurt. With a lot of hurt, with a lot of things that you know that you're carrying. Because if you don't get these things taken care of, you're going to take them in that marriage. And even though that man or that woman is trying to love you, they are unable to do so because you got a wall up. So we have to make sure that we get into the word, the word gets into us. So when we do meet that special someone, y'all... We will know how to treat them. And we treat them like we want to be treated, even outside of how they approach us. So we have to have the word of God to do this, to get rid of this unforgiveness. If we follow the word and do what the word tells us, y'all, we wouldn't have an unforgiving heart. This is why it, our prayers are being blocked. This is why things are being held up, even though they're right there. It's because we're saying, why I got to forgive them. They hurt me. You doing what God tell you to do. It don't matter what they do or what they don't do. When you stand in front of God, you got to give an account for what you did. He ain't going to look at no one else but you. So you have to give an account for that. So that's unforgiveness. So I pray what we went over last Tuesday. Some of us have opened up our heart to say, God, search me. Sometimes unforgiveness is so hidden because we may not see the person again that has hurt us. You know, we just leave it alone, sweep it up under the rug, they somewhere else, and I'm here. So as long as I don't see them, I'm okay. You're not okay. Because that unforgiveness in you, somebody else is going to get it. Because it's hurt that you're harboring in your heart. It's things that you harbored in your heart. And then God can't even show you his love because you're not opening your heart even up to him. For him to love you the way he know you need to be loved. Amen.
So this unforgiveness too, when we don't confess it, it can affect our intimacy with the father. That's Psalms 32, verse 3 and 5. This was dealing with David and how he said, I kept things to myself. I felt weak deep inside. My bones wasted away. I moaned. I sighed all day long. Some of us say, well, if I don't say nothing, I'm good. No, you're not. Because by you not saying anything, all that hurt, all of those things that you've been going through, guess what? They're festering on the inside of you. And the enemy will send the biggest demon he can send to get everything that's been brewing on your inside out. You're going to meet somebody that's going to bring up stuff that's going to hurt you to the point. It's going to go way back when you popped out the womb. (laughs) And it's going to rise up in you and boom, they're going to get the big bang and they ain't done nothing to you really. So this is what David was saying. When I keep things to myself, he said, day and night, you punish me. Your hand was heavy on me. My strength was gone, dried up, sapped as in the summer heat. Then I confessed, made known, disclosed my sins to you and didn't hide, cover up my guilt. I I said, I will confess my sins, my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave my guilt. Look at that. So David said he had to bring this stuff out of him. So when we know that we have done wrong, when the Bible said, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of all your unrighteousness. What that's saying is he's already forgiven us. But when we know we've done something wrong, when we don't openly confess that and acknowledge I ran my mouth too much, I I cussed somebody out I shouldn't have cussed out, I did this that I shouldn't have done. Father, I thank you that I am already forgiven, but I want to openly confess this so the enemy won't have an inroad in my life to keep me from moving forward in the things of God. David had to confess his mess. We're going to go into another blocker, but not tonight. I got another one tonight, but the one I'm going to go into that people the reason why people won't confess because they're too arrogant they're too full of pride they're always blaming somebody else instead of saying woe is me we're going to talk about pride again see god is bringing stuff back in the house because anytime you have been taught on a certain thing and you go into something else it's going to connect right back to what you already been over and that helps out a lot so that's why we have to take the scriptures and meditate on those scriptures so when God come back in here again you can say Lord I thank you I thank you that I have gotten past my past I thank you that I have gotten past my hurt but the more you teach on the thing the more it ups root it uproot and it brings things to the surface so tonight what I want to um talk about is guess what y'all offense offense will be a blocker in your prayer life in your prayer life let's talk about what offense is we went over this before words or deeds that entice you to sin traps that satan uses to entrap you words or deeds that entice you to sin traps that satan uses to entrap you so one thing i want everybody to know You will never be able to get around offense. As long as you're here on this earth, offense will come. And I'm going to prove it 
in Luke 17, 1. You are not too saved to be offended or to offend someone. No, you're not. In your spirit, you are. You're perfect. And I want to say this. If anybody, has anybody found a perfect church? You haven't. Because we're all going to have some issues in a church. But it's how you resolve that issue. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to handle things according to the word, not according to us. So when we look at offense, go with me to Luke 17, 1, verse 1 through verse 2. I'm reading out the Amplified, and let's listen at what Jesus said. And Jesus said to his disciples, these are his followers, the learners of Christ, just like we are his disciples. We are his followers, his learners. He said, temptations, snares, traps, set to entice to sin are sure to come. He said it's going to come. But woe to him by or through whom they come. So Jesus said, they're going to come. You might as well look for them. They're going to come. It's not like every day you're looking to be offended or you're looking to offend somebody. But they're going to come on your job. They're going to come in your home. They're going to come in the church. I don't care where you go. Offense is going to come. But by you learning about offense, when it does come, you're going to know how to handle it. This is why God teaches his followers. Jesus is teaching us. So he said, it would be more profitable for him if a milestone were hung around his neck and he were hurtled into the sea than that he should cause to sin or be a snare to one of these little ones. So what he's saying is, he said, the one that causes it, the one that bring it, it's, it's like a um, donkey. A donkey have a milestone around his neck. And that milestone is helping him do the work or helping us help him do the work he need to do. And it's a very heavy milestone. He said, if someone is bringing a fence, it's like putting a milestone around his neck and he's sinking to the bottom of the sea. Y'all, this is something that he want us to really look careful into, which is offense, because that's death, isn't it? If you put a milestone on somebody's neck and they sink deep to the sea, they're dead. They can't come back up. So he said, woe to the one who cause it or bring it. Now, it's a difference when you don't know about offense, church. But when you're taught well, and you know about offense and you bring it or you cause it. And when we look at offense, I'm going to tell you how we're going to look at it tonight. I didn't go over it the last time we went over it, but God, he adds, adds to it. When you look at offense, offense is a stumbling block. Meaning that, I'm going to give you some scriptures on this, um, dealing with Jesus so we understand offense even more. Go to Matthew 17, 26. 24 through 27. Matthew 17, 24 through 27. It's going to give us some more understanding on offense. When they arrived in Capernaum, the collectors of the half uh, shekel, the temple tax, went up to Peter and said, said, does not your teacher pay the half shekel? He answered, yes. And when he came home, Jesus spoke to him about it. First saying, what do you think, Simon? From whom do earthly rulers collect duties or tribute? From their own sons or from others? 
not of their own family. And when Peter said from other people, not of their own family, Jesus said to him, then the sons are exempt. So this is what Jesus was saying. Being that the king is telling them to collect uh, taxes, he said he does not collect taxes from his own kids because they're part of his kingdom. But he collect taxes from the other people. So when Peter said that his um, Jesus paid taxes, what Jesus was telling him was, I'm from another kingdom. I don't pay no taxes. But being that I'm down here, understand? Being that I'm down here, this is what Jesus said. However, in order not to give offense and cause them to stumble... That is to cause them to judge unfavorably and unjustly. Go down to the sea and throw in a hook. Take the first fish that comes up. And when you open its mouth, you will find their shekel. Take it and give it to them to pay the temple tax for me and for yourself. Jesus said, we don't want them to be offended. We don't want them to stumble because of me. So go ahead and pay that tax. So what was Jesus doing? Remember the scripture said that offense will come. But woe to the one that bring offense. Jesus knew the scripture perfectly. So he said, I'm not going to bring offense because I know what my father. Y'all get it. Woe unto you tonight. You come in here at the right time. Because he's breaking it down even the more to let us know. Any offense is any sin. Oh, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Let me move on. Romans 14, 13. Romans 14, 13. This is what this is saying. Then let us no more criticize and blame and pass judgment on one another, but rather decide and endeavor never to put a stumbling block or an obstacle or a hindrance in the way of a brother. Do y'all hear that? I want y'all to catch these scriptures because when I get through with these scriptures, I'm going to go over something else. Numbers 11, verse 1 through 6. Numbers 11, verse 1 through 6. And the people grumbled and deplored their hardship, which was evil in the ears of the Lord. And when the Lord heard it, his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burned amongst them and devoured those in the out lying parts of the camp the people cried to Moses and when Moses prayed to the Lord the fire subsided okay now verse 4 and the mixed multitude among them the rebel who followed Israel from Egypt began to lust greatly for familiar and dainty food and the Israelites wept again and said who would give us meat to eat we remember the fish we ate freely in Egypt and without cost, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our soul, our strength is dried up. There's nothing at all in the way of food to be seen but this manna. See, manna didn't mean nothing. So where am I going? I gave you the scriptures. This is what causes someone to stumble to sin. I'm going to give you all of these to let you know. Grumbling. Complaining and criticizing. Let me break it down. If I go into our home, me and my husband, and we sitting there, and I begin to grumble and complain, and I begin to criticize in front of him, and all of a sudden my husband, he's the innocent person. 
But because of what I went through, I'm grumbling, I'm complaining, and I'm criticizing. I'm already sinning. Because he don't want us to grumble. He don't want us to complain. He don't want us to criticize, right? Do all things without what? Ain't that what the words say? So I'm going home and I'm doing this in front of him. And all of a sudden, this man start grumbling and complaining. I caused it him to stumble. The enemy used me to set a trap for him and a snare. And he got caught in it. Let me go back to what the word told me. Listen at this. And Jesus said to his disciples, temptation, snares, traps, set to entice to sin are sure to come. But woe to him by or through whom they come. I'm one of them woes. Because I took it in my house. I took all of it in my house instead of doing what the word of God tell me to do. Why am I grumbling? Why am I murmuring? Why am I criticizing? Why am I going to my husband when I should go to the person that all of this incurred with? But I brought it home to him to make him stumble because I'm his wife. So, of course, if he ain't in the place he need to be, he's going to be upset because I'm upset. So the whole house is upset. Come on, somebody. Can I get a witness? Can I get a hallelujah? Can I get a thank you, Jesus? Can I get a woe is me? See how God breaks this down to let us know a little bit more. And then what we try to do to justify our grumbling and our complaining, we'll throw a little word up in there. Because we want to justify we're right. So this is what offense is. I'm breaking it down. Offense is complaining, grumbling, and criticizing. Didn't we go to Numbers 11 when they began to grumble and they began to complain? What happened with God? He got angry. That was a spiritual anger. Because these people always grumbling and complaining was never satisfied. So God said, I'm going to blow you up. (laughs) I'm just paraphrasing it. But then the people that they had that was traveling with them, they began to lust. They began to want other things, right? They didn't like that manner. They want to have, you know, what they had in Egypt. Guess what they caused? The same thing I'm telling y'all with me and my husband. I'm mumbling, I'm complaining. So then I'm causing him to fall into that trap. We cause people to begin to complain and they then at the end of the day they're like what am I complaining about they had nothing to do with me (laughs) but we put them in it number two taking sides against others it's a stumbling block you taking a side and you don't even know about the other side we do that we listen to what somebody's saying it sounds to be so good does it not Because we care so much about that person. I'm going back to me and my husband. Y'all, we don't do this, but I'm going back to me and my husband. After I'm mumbling and complaining and grumbling and criticizing, my husband taking sides. And it better be mine. Come on, y'all. Ain't that right, Michonne? Pookie, you better be taking his side. You you know. You know. (laughs) See, but a person who stands for truth, and I give you an example. I remember when my husband was working, 
um, at Fort County, and he he came home and he was telling me, no, he was the guy was working at Fort County and he was working on his lawnmower. And my husband was coming home. He came home and he was telling me about how this guy went off on him. I let my husband talk. And after he finished talking, I said, wait a minute. I said, I'm going to tell you. That guy was having a bad day. It wasn't about you. It was about something that happened with him. So don't do him like he do you. I, it was, he was having a bad day. When my husband went back, the man apologized. He said, forgive me. I was having a bad day. That was not about you. See, that's why we have to hear the spirit because we love people so much. We want to stand up for for them, but we don't hear the whole conversation. We don't know what brought that conversation on, but that's my husband. You don't talk to my husband like that. I talk to my husband like that. That's what we do. Don't know if the husband in the fault. Don't know if the wife is in the fault. We all up in their face going to get shot and don't know the wife calls it or the husband. Oh, I'm so sorry. You made a fool of yourself. So grumbling, complaining, and criticizing is a stumbling block. That's offense. That's what offense is. It's a stumbling block. Taking sides against others. Being worldly and materialistic. How can that be a stumbling block? I'm going to tell you how. Because if you're worldly, you're materialistic, and you're hanging around a person that's not that way, and they're hanging around you and you say you save and you acting worldly and materialistic, you're going to cause that person to stumble because that person thinking they're supposed to be like you. Is that right? That's what happens. That person is thinking, I got to be like them. I got to act like them. This must be the way to act. This is why I say, church, you better know what the word says because everybody that's saying they love Jesus or they know Jesus and they still live in worldly or going after material things, that's not God. That's not him. So you can cause a person to stumble, making them think that what you're doing and the way you're living is right and it's not the right way. Another thing, craving for more and more. That can make a person stumble. How can that make a person stumble? Let's talk about marriage. In a marriage, if I'm always wanting something all the time, no matter what my husband get me, I want more, I want more, I want more, I want more. It's never enough. So my husband is doing all he can do. Y'all, I'm using this as an example. Don't go out and lie on me. Do not go out and lie. So he go and get jobs and get jobs to keep me happy and, and look like he can't keep me happy because the more he get me, the more I want. I'm causing him to stumble. We can cause people to stumble by wanting more and more and more and more. And it could be in situations, even on a job, if you're doing all you can do and you're working hard, you're coming in on time, you're doing what they want you to do, but then it's another person over there being lazy. They're going to cause you to stumble if you ain't where you need to be. Because you're going to be saying, wait a minute now, I ain't nobody fool." See, you're going to miss out on what God wants you to do. Love those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. So we want to show his characteristics. We don't want to show the world's characteristics. So being conceited and prideful. Being conceited and prideful can cause a person to stumble because whomever you associate with, that's what you become. 
So if you hang around a prideful person that's always arrogant and always saying what they can do, guess what? You're going to start trying to outdo them. Because they always say, I'm better at this. I can do this. It's, it's becoming, becoming competition. Living loose and immoral lives can cause a person to stumble. Living loose and immoral lives. Cursing and talking filthy can make a person stumble. The Bible tells us to let no corrupt what? That's right. That's right. That's only seven of them. I just did seven. Just to give us an understanding what offense is. Offense is all of these things, y'all. Sometimes you got to break it down to let people know we all have brought some offense. I have complained. I have grumbled. I have criticized all of us. All of us are in that category. But the whole thing is, when you know what you've done, go correct it. Say, forgive me. I'm going right back to forgiveness. Some of us are so prideful, so stubborn, that we think it's not us. We want to make ourselves look right all the time. Sometimes you got to humble yourself and say, if I offended you in any way, please forgive me. Y'all, God has raised me up that any little slight, any little... Thing that the the Holy Spirit feel like I shouldn't have said hello <laughs> I shouldn't have said that let me reword this see that's how the Holy Spirit does because he he tells us woe to the one that br- I don't want to be the one that bring offense through my complaining my mumbling my criticizing through me wanting more and more and more or through me acting worldly or doing things outside of what the world world is telling me to do because pe- some people look up to us. They do. And they watch what you do. And they feel like if you're still out there doing what you're doing, it's okay to do it. It is not okay to do it. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. So we need to go through this list and say, God, is it I? Lord, is that me? Lord, help me to get into a place that I'm recognizing offense so well that I don't put up with it no more. Oh, no, we ain't bringing that up in here. That's offense. We're not going to have that today. And look, matter of fact, my husband didn't even know I was going to teach on this tonight. I think he has something he wants to say about offense. I'm going to close out offense. I'm going to stop there. And I'm going to let him come up because something happened to him today. Um... Dealing with the fence. And if anybody else have something they want to say, dealing with the fence that can help somebody else. A few weeks ago, I, um, I took my utility trailer to Rocky Point to, um, I had a problem with my uh, wiring on my trailer. And then my truck, it kept saying, not connected, not connected. So I took it by there one day, and let a guy look at it. He looked at it and said, um, he said, I think it's uh, your magnets and your brakes, your hubs, whatever. Anyway, so I made an appointment. I had to take it back this morning. So evidently, he must have forgot that I came by a few weeks ago. He looked at it. So he was looking at it again. He said, well, he said, um, let me get my um, some tools to troubleshoot it. He said, did I troubleshoot the last time? I said, no, sir. You just kind of looked at it. He said, no, I'm sure I did. 
I said, okay, I, didn't, I left it alone, you know. I just told him he didn't test it. So he walked off. We got a Tuesday, came back to the truck and he checked some things. Yeah, I think it's this, I think it's that. So I said, well, I already made a pump, so I'm just going to leave it here. I said, where you went to park with that? He done walked off and never walked, take around back. He had attitude. And I got kind of bothered a little bit, you know, but I, I didn't say nothing. So I, I had to run on the Wilmington, so I called, was telling her about it. So I came, I stopped back by to check to get something off my trailer. So uh, I ended up speaking with him. He was just like laughing, talking like nothing ever happened. And, you know, I thought about, you know, if I had took offense, you know, reacting to how I felt, we wouldn't have had a good conversation I got back, you know what I'm saying? So I thank God for, for um, showing me how to catch stuff, you know, before it come out. You know, how he just laughing, joking, talking. And sometimes our people are, oh, that's the way they respond, you know, when they talk, you know. I just didn't know how. His, he didn't mean nothing by us the way he was, you know. So I thank God for checking me on that. Yeah, I tried. <laughs> Is there anyone else that want to share? Come on there, Gina. Praise the Lord. Um, um, my husband came home Sunday evening. And, oh, I was so happy to see him because I had been out basically all week by myself. David, I'm not home, nobody but me. And I had told him on the telephone that I was lonely. He never said that. I normally say, I miss you. So he come home feeling good now. She, she was lonely. So he made a shower. He ate and everything was good. And then we watched bowling together. First we watched two preaching shows. <laughs> you know I'm going to have to get some of that. But then I said, well, honey, take channel, take remote, put on whatever you want. So we got to bowling. And bowling is something that he did and I did together in New York. And I did it more than him. But, you know, we love bowling. So he comes up in the middle of after the second game and showed me a picture of my son-in-law holding uh, Onika's baby when he was a real little baby. And I was like, oh, this is nice. I said, let me screenshot it with your phone and send it to myself. But his phone was so old. It, I, I couldn't remember how to screenshot an iPhone 4 or 6. It was just too old. So I just say, well, now I'll take it and I'll send it to a message to myself. He said, okay. So when I took his phone, but you know, when you're going to text someone and you ain't texted me in a long time, then I got to swipe and find my name. I saw something say Dee Dee. I said, who is Dee Dee? I, I, automatically you think Dee Dee is a girl, at least I do. <laughs> I said, who is Dee Dee? And he jumps and say, well, what you doing looking in my phone for who it, who it was? I'm like, whoa, hold up. I didn't look who it was. You need to learn how to use your phone. I said, because I have to swipe to find my name. Do you know you didn't say a word? You didn't say it was sorry. So what I do, I go in the bathroom, and I'm just cleaning. Bathroom wasn't even dirty. I'm just cleaning. <laughs> and I'm just cleaning and cleaning because I am just so upset because 
he feels like he hasn't said anything. He feels like he doesn't need to say sorry. Like, so now he knows bowling is on. I ain't trying to watch no bowling. I'm still playing. I'm not coming back and watch bowling with him. So in his mind now, he knows I done done something to her because she would be normally watching this bowling. However, he still didn't say he's sorry. He just laid right up there and watched bowling by himself. So <clears throat> at 10 o'clock every night, I always go in my closet and meet Jesus. We talk, I pray, I'm in my my tongues, I'm just all over the place. Because I know that the Spirit searches deep in me and know what I need. Because I don't always know what to pray for. And the Bible says we don't know what to pray for. When I came out the closet, he took my, you okay? And I was like, yeah, baby. I got myself ready. Oh, try to put on something nice. I, let me tell you, the closet of fiction. I come out, looking all nice, and got in the bed, and we just talking and talking. I started rubbing his head. He wants to try to rub my hand. But see, the thing is, he never, never, ever, ever <laughs> said a word. Never tried to fix it. But when I got the rub, and he read the rub too. <laughs> It's, it's, God fixed it. I just say God fixed it because I never looked back again. Uh, I felt like the spirit had come all over me and I was able to do what a woman should do. Okay? And I just, you know, I thank God after it was over. And, you know, <laughs> after it was over, it wasn't good. Was, I don't think that was nice. <laughs> But praise the Lord anyway, you know. <laughs> somebody. Anybody else? Does somebody else want to talk about offense? Really want to talk about it? I just got I have a question. Mm-hmm. And right here when it says, if your brother or sister, Jesus said this, right? said, if your brother or sister sin against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Mm-hmm. So what, the, I mean, what, what, that, what that mean? He said, if they repent, what if they don't repent? You're still going to forgive them. You're going to forgive if they don't do nothing. We'll get back on that one, Willie. Hold that scripture. But we always supposed to forgive regardless of what a person does. Because he tell us, forgive because you've been forgiven. And that goes back to what? 70 times 7. So if they don't, that, that means you still don't hold nothing against them if they don't, Nijina. You make sure that that seed don't grow on the inside of you and you bring that back up and say, by the way, you still ain't told me who Didi was. You know, if, if, if you've been in your closet with the Holy Spirit and when you come out, Whoever D.D. is, God will bring out who D.D. is, and he'll bring him out, bring he or whoever out at the right time. But you got to get that out of you thinking who is D.D. because it's going to play in your mind. Right. Right. And we all do that. And that's we're going to get some more. Y'all got some more to connect with this to let you know. 
what this leads to when we don't do no correction. Remember I told y'all when me and my husband had a disagreement, I went one way, he went another, and I began to talk to the father about it. And I said, okay, I'll go apologize. And then I, he said, keep your butt out of it, meaning that don't say, but if you had not done this, I would not have said this. He said, I just want you to apologize. If he never says anything, you done what I required you to do. Our problem is we wait on people to come to us. You know what that is? Pride. You don't wait on nobody to come to you. If you know it's it's some friction between you or whomever it is, or they have caused you to stumble or you have caused them to stumble, you're supposed to be the first one to say, you know what? Forgive me. That was not right. I should not have done that that way. And see, that's who people know. That's when people know that you're really saved, that you're truly born again, because you're not letting that sit there. And when you let it sit there, we're going to go through this. It is bitterness. Y'all, everything connects. Some of us say, we all right. I don't offend people. I mind my business. Come on now. Tell that to somebody else. All of us in here have offended somebody. All of us in here have done some things that we should not have done. And you have the Holy Spirit to tell you what you did and what you did not do. Come on now. The Holy Spirit. One thing I like about Najana, she's just free. She's just free. She just opens her heart and she's free. Her husband might say, you too free. (laughs) Leave me out of your freedom. (laughs) But God is working on all of us. So don't think. From the pulpit out to you that none of us have not carried offense. None of us have caused offense. Because we all have. But the thing is when you know what you did, call and get it right. And then if somebody call you and say, have I done something or said something or made you feel in No, you're lying. Because you done told somebody else. See how quick people done, done turned into a liar. No, no. Why would you ask me that, Jennifer? Why would you ask me that? Yeah. What make you think it was me? Knowing all the time. These are things that the church need to deal with, y'all, because it's prayer blockers. Do I have anyone else? Come on, Julia. Uh-oh. Roll out the carpet. Roll out the red carpet. Come on, girl. It's funny. (laughs) Now, if Julia get up, y'all better get them ears on. No, I'm really telling y'all this because it's funny. So everybody know I'm one of those type of people that I hold everything in, but I'm trying to get better with that. So um, I don't never really say nothing to Manny because he do take care of everything outside. He cut the grass, wash the car cleaning garage, all that man stuff. But, and so I have to do the house stuff. But sometimes it's just me and him in the house. And I'm like, man, I'm tired of having to be the one to make this bed every day. But I ain't going to say nothing. And then he'll go in there, he'll ball these eggs in the morning time. And water just pop all over the stove. And I'm like, man, why he don't clean up this water? But I'm going to go ahead and clean this water up. I'm not particular, but I don't like fingerprints on the microwave. Then I go in there, it's fingerprints on the microwave, and I'm like, man, why he don't clean this microwave? Then he cracked the eggs, and he stared over the trash can, telling him I'm telling the truth. And 
then it'd be eggshells all over the floor. And I'm like, man, why don't he speak? So, but I'm still holding everything in because I'm the woman and he the man, he do the man stuff. So I said, man, I don't want this thing to take root in me. And like, I really get upset with him when I can just tell him, <laughs> when I could just tell him what's going on. So we got into bed one night and I was like, can I talk to you? <laughs> and I told him what was going on with me or whatever. And he was like, well, why are you holding it for? You, I done told you about holding stuff. If you see me do something, you tell me right then or whatever. Because I don't know what you're talking about. He said, when I do it, just show it to me. <laughs> so he came home from work. He dropped his dirty dishes in the sink. I don't leave dirty dishes in the sink. I said, see, your dishes in the sink. He was like, okay. And I showed him where he dropped the eggshells. <laughs> he said, okay. And I showed him about the water on the stove. He was like, man, you getting worse from now. <laughs> but I didn't hold it in. I let him know how I felt. But look, y'all, who haven't done that? Women. Who haven't done this when it comes to a man? All of us. Because we have stuff we want a certain way. They have stuff they want a certain way. You, you go in that garage or you do something in them cars, he's going to tell you. So we're supposed to come to each other and we're supposed to communicate. And that's what Manny was telling Julia. Tell me. Don't hold it in. Because guess what? It's going to be a bigger battle. Because the more you hold in, the more you pack it. Y'all don't know that. You get constipated. What you got to do, you got to work it out. I had to use something y'all familiar with. You got to work it out. Because if you don't work it out and it gets so impacted in you, what's happening to you? You're mean, you're irritable, you're going through, you're sick. This is what offense does as well. Do we have anyone else that want to come up? Come on, son. Oh, you're going outside. Anyone else? <laughs> Nobody else. Everybody is so good. Everybody hasn't been offensive or have no offense. Oh, y'all so good. God had mercy, didn't he? He gave us new mercy. Okay. I feel like everybody have learned something about offense. Did anybody learn something tonight about offense that you did not know? Everybody knew everything I taught on offense and what it brings. Did anybody know that offense is dealing with um, complaining, grumbling, and criticizing? Did anybody know that's offense? Everybody knew that before I taught it. Oh, my. Let's get up here and repent. Where my oil? Y'all sitting there saying, telling me y'all knew this stuff, right? No, we didn't know that. Okay. Okay. Anything. Anybody. Before we close out, Michonne, you learned something tonight. Come on, Michonne. See, I pick out people since they don't want to talk. I pick them out. Come on, Michonne, help us out tonight. Come on. Tell us, <laughs> tell us what you learned. Come on. He coming, y'all. Give him time. He coming. Come on, Michonne. 
Think, think, of, think of coming up here like you're getting a truck load. You're getting your truck loaded and you're getting ready to carry it somewhere. He coming. What stuck out to you tonight, Michonne? Somebody take him the mic and we'll help you out. <laughs> you talking about, huh? What helped you out, Mishan? What What stuck out to you? Okay. Okay, he don't want to say. Jeremy, what did you get out of what I taught tonight? Misha, I don't think I'm going to come back to you. You show up next Tuesday here. <laughs> yes, he is. Well, what, what I learned about tonight. Uh-huh. Uh, I guess people just taking it the wrong way. Maybe the other person can be on meaning to help them out. Right. Don't ask me, is it right? What did oh, you say? Oh. Uh, what did you get out of tonight? That's what I got out of. If um, you may tell the other person something to help them, or you may see it could help them. You may be wrong at the same time, but uh, they may take offense by it. They may take offense with you yeah, trying to help them and show them the right way. That can help out with that. Okay. Give the mic to Quisha. Quisha, what did you learn? Um, that, like, nagging and complaining um, basically mean that you are offensive. Okay. Give it to Pookie. She was ready. Um, I learned that um, uh, the parts of the stumbling blocks, um, Taking side, which I am guilty of, I take side, especially when it comes to the kids. Sometimes you don't really mean to take, you know, their side, but that's your kid. You're gonna, first, you're going to take side, then you'll be like, look, let me figure out, you know, what's going on first or whatever. Um, and craving for more, uh, being conceited and prideful. Um, and uh, being uh, being confident, powerful, and living loose, and being materialistic. I can say sometimes I could be materialistic, not a lot, but <laughs> I am. I think most women are sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's it. Okay. See, every little bit helps. Everybody have something that they can say to help somebody else, right? Everybody does. Everything was good. Uh, it was just like building blocks of my life, and they're all coming together, hearing the message tonight. And um, we were just talking about complaining on the way here and um, how you try not to complain or you try not to murmur and complain about what you don't see yet that you know that God is going to bless you with. And uh, we were just discussing that. And I was looking at it as not trusting God, but not looking at it as being, you know, offended. But you can be offended, even with God. 
you know, because you're not seeing those things that you know that's supposed to come may not have have come yet in the natural. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, we were just discussing that on the way. It was good. Everything was good. Amen. We give God glory. Terry, come on up and get the mic, and we'll close out after you. And if people, um, if people who are watching or you guys that are sitting there, if the teaching brings offense, that happens too. When God is bringing a message, some people take offense and say, why are you talking about me? That's offense. Well, I know that um, by me dealing with a lot of people like in the dump truck businesses, uh, we run across a lot of different people, dumping but different people. And a lot of times some of them come, um, some of them talk to you kind of hateful and stuff like that there. If you don't watch out, you the old man will jump up. He'll <laughs> raise up real quick. <laughs> so you have to keep him, keep him down up on your feet because if you don't, you'd be said something you're exposed to say, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so like uh, uh, Brother James was saying, you know, sometimes you <laughs> just got to keep your mouth shut. And then it come back, then, then, then they might apologize to you, or the next time you see them, they're out like they ain't even done anything to you. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what in the world? Mm-hmm. You know. But the old man would raise up quick. <laughs> Terry, tell me that. That old man dead. He dead, but he'll raise up. If you. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. But when you see him crucified and dead, what's, what's raising up in you is stuff that you allowed to. Go through your head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you got to cast that down, right, Terry? Yeah, yeah. That's right. We all human, right? Yeah, yeah. We all human. We're going to make mistakes, too. Thank God for Jesus. Brother Willie? Yeah, I have Okay. Go ahead, Tip. I just wanted to respond by saying um, the part that stuck out to me was God love won't pour out if you have an unforgiving heart. I can just think back on um, times, recent recent times when I was holding resentment and hurt in my heart. And I would be praying and fasting and just wondering, like, God, well, what's going on? You know, why can't get from this point to the, and move on to the next? And it was because of those blockers that I was holding in my heart. So this word, as well as all others, um, just hits the nail on the head for me. And I appreciate you explaining those seven blockers um, that causes offense. And so I just wanted to call in and speak on that. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you, Tip. Thank you. So, can you close us out? And uh, we have Deacon uh, Willie and... Deacon Newton to come up here with the tithe for the offering. Yeah. Wasn't that an inspiring message? Thanks for listening to the end. Join us every Tuesday for Bible study and every Sunday for service. We're looking forward to hearing from you as well. Feel free to reach out to us via the website at www.mtdm.com. God bless you and we'll see you next time.